Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods, moving, and storage studio, it's The Ramsey Show, where America hangs out to have a conversation about your life and your money. I'm Ramsey personality George Campbell, joined by my good friend Jade Warshaw, and we're taking your calls at 888-825-5225. That's 888-825-5225. Well, Jade, uh, I want to start off the show with something that grinds my gears. Can we do that? Let's do it, George. And that is the iPad tipping screens. Can we all agree we need to be done with those? Thank God somebody said something, George. So Rachel Cruz and I, we've got our Smart Money Happy Hour podcast, and the most popular episode we've ever done Mm -hmm. was called Guilt Tipping. I listened to it. All about the tipping culture in today's, in America especially. This is not a problem in Europe, apparently. I hope it doesn't spread over there. No, that's not the culture at all. You don't, matter of fact, it's kind of like frowned upon. It's like if it was amazing, you give them a little bit. Yeah, sure, sure. Because you get a living wage. But here in America, we decided, no, make the people tip when you just ordered your black coffee and they spin around the iPad and they start complimenting you. Yeah. And you subconsciously feel guilty and go, oh, the options are 20%, 40%, and 1,000% tip. I don't know that I feel guilty, George. Well, you're a better person I think I. I feel more irritated. Well, I now hit no tip exclamatory. They need to put an excla- exclamation point. No tip exclamation point. Now, let's point. be clear. We're all about generosity here. We're not talking about not tipping your servers, not oh, tipping yes. your barbers. We are talking about those little iPads when you are sitting there and yes. someone just rang you up. And you, you haven't even, salad. you've got no service or food yet. That's right. And they're saying, how much do you want to tip? And the preset amounts keep increasing. Uh, 20%, 22%. One time there was one that was 33%. I saw this with my own brown eyeballs. Mm. Now, here's the thing. And, and you said it, George. This is, this is very clear. We have to be crystal clear for the people. Restaurant service, places where you're not earning your, your hourly wage. Your hourly wage is tips. We support you. Matter of fact, tip those people 25%. Tip them as much as you can. And if you can't do that, then please don't go, don't go out to eat. Don't go out to eat. But I'm talking about I bought a salad and I haven't even gotten to see yet did you make it with no bacon like I asked? I'll take the bacon, Jade. Please don't ever waste yeah, bacon. Yeah, you know, I'll get a little side. You can have the little side thing of bacon, George. Well, but- there's an article here. This is spreading now, like wildfire. The Hill covered this. Here's their headline. Why are the default tipping screens set so high? And, of course, they start the article with a very clever line. Have we reached a tipping tipping point? Very clever. That sounds like something you might say. We should have stolen that. That's good. <laughs> I like this part. It says, it's hard to know for sure whether more establishments are accepting or soliciting tips than say a decade ago. It's not hard to tell. It's not hard. We are everywhere you go. There's that little iPad. It doesn't matter if it's coffee, salad, doesn't matter where you go. It's not hard to tell. quick service type places, especially, that are guilty of this. And uh, here's a quote. People think it's manipulative, they resent it, and their perceptions of service go down. Mm. And there is guilt involved. There's one ice cream place locally. I won't mention the name because I'm a big fan of their ice cream. (laughs) I know what you're talking about. They are The service isn't great, but all of a sudden, when they ring you up, they get real chatty and real nice. Okay. I don't like that. That's manipulative. They start complimenting me as they're turning around. Hey, how's your day going? Oh, that's, that's good to hear. I love that shirt. Love the gla- love those glasses. Huh. You don't believe that they love your shirt and glasses, No, George? I believe they want to get in my mind subconsciously while I'm trying to choose a tip. Nefarious. Gross. Man, I, you know, here's where I'm at with this, George. And, and you, this is my personal take. And here's why I get frustrated slash irritated. We already have inflation, 
right, which is already built into the cost of our food, not just groceries, people. When you go to the restaurants, it's there. And we know that that rate's somewhere around 11.4%. Then you've got the tip, 20%. And then for you people out there who are using credit cards, Uh I hope you're not, the average credit card interest rate, 19.20%. George, do you see what I'm getting at here? I just threw up in my mouth a little. Do you see where I'm getting at? We're we're i'm not not me because your girl's not using credit cards we're not doing that but the people out there who are engaging in that way of life they're paying a premium of over 50 percent ouch for that's why the tip screen i i gotta just say no just well, say no if you want to hear more on this topic go check out that smart money happy hour episode called guilt tipping how to deal with an absurd tipping culture you can just search smart money happy hour wherever you listen to podcasts and mm. uh if you're calling in today we'd love to hear your thoughts on tipping culture and uh if you're if you're an ipad tipper and if you are why did you choose to do that because you're just perpetuating the problem at that point yeah well you could budget for it that is true there's that and i'm not saying i never do it but i'm saying in general if there was no service provided yeah it's a no tip for me. i'd rather save it i'd rather save it for the the food service workers amen all right, it's your calls, 888-825-5225. Tara joins us in Albuquerque. Tara, welcome to The Ramsey Show. Hi, thank you for having me. Absolutely. How can we help today? Okay, so I have to refinance my house. Um, I'm going to take 10000 from my refinance to pay off my car because I can't afford refinancing and a car payment. Um, but I was wondering if I should take out the additional $40,000 um, for a down payment on a new house so I can make my current home a rental property as another source of income. Well, okay, a lot going on here. So what what is causing you to refinance in the first place? Uh, I'm going through a divorce. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. It's okay. It, it, thank you. I appreciate it. Is this in the final stages? Is it finalized yet? The divorce, yeah, yeah. So this is the fine print of the divorce agreement to refinance to get his name off of the house. Okay. And you're looking at doing a cash-out refi in order to pull some money out? You want to pay off debt, you want the down payment, but you want to keep this property? That's the confusing part. I agree. Yes, I want to keep the property because um, I I want to make it um, in uh, all-time like investment, right, with um, turning it into a rental home and then... I mean, God willing, able to go further with that. I have a question. So uh, with the divorce, you are able to, like, once you do the, once you give him his cut, you can sell the house, right? It's It doesn't say that you have to keep it or anything like that, right? Um, right. No. Um, so he, we, tech, we had um, two homes. So mm-hmm. he got one home. I got this home. This home um, just happens to be under both of our names, and the other home was just under his name. But I you're see. not wanting so to live there. He doesn't there. get any. Um, I, I'm not. I, I do want to live there, but I would like to upgrade into a bigger home. Um, at some point. Uh, what baby step are you on? Um. So. I guess I'm back to baby step number one. Um, I mean, I don't have the only the only um, um, debt I have is my car and my mortgage. Okay. So in the baby steps, Tara, 
you would we would tell you hey don't jump into home ownership until you're out of debt with that emergency fund so if i'm in your shoes i'm selling this house i'm getting out of debt i'm renting for a while and then i can use that down payment later on down the road to get a primary residence and the investment property while it's a great goal that is a longer term goal you don't want to have two mortgages at once after going through what you've been through so i'm taking my time with this and slowing down that's good george this is the ramsey show Jade Warshaw this hour. This is The Ramsey Show. Open phones at 888-825-5225. You jump in, we'll talk about your life, your money, what ails you, what concerns you, how to get out of debt, how to build wealth for the future. We are here for you. Renee joins us up next in Cleveland. Renee, welcome to The Ramsey Show. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, recently got married and we got ourselves into $112,000 of Ooh. debt. Yes. Just from yes. the wedding? Just from the wedding. Oh, my. The ring. The Holy cow. And I wasn't even invited. <laughs> the, party of the, the party of the century and that we weren't ring, even there, George. Does that ring look like a disco ball? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's pretty much that, yes. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yes. Well, we're here. So, so I want to, um, we, you know, other than a old um, college, you know, loan debt of about 40 grand, we don't have any other consumer debt. We own um, three properties together, uh, one fully paid off, probably worth about 600 to 700 Okay. Um, the other two have mortgages on it, and um, he, my husband has about three hundred and ninety-five in stocks and bonds. Oh, okay. That's so there's there's good news here, there, which is yeah. you guys have okay. a pile of money to clean this up. The question Correct. is, is he willing to cash out those stocks and bonds to put you guys in a place financially that will cause you to succeed in this marriage? <laughs> That's million dollar question i'm sorry that's all right okay. hey we're here with you you know we've all done stupid stuff with many many zeros attached so we were poking fun at you earlier but we definitely know the weight of what you're facing right now and we're definitely here to walk with you are those this. are those tears because of the arguments you guys have had around this yes what what has the latest conversations been like when you bring this up and say hey we're in a big pile of debt i want to get out of this well, the the other thing is is that the day after we returned from our uh, wedding weekend, he lost his job, mm. oh. and he was making over two hundred k a year. Wow. Okay, okay, Renee. And how long ago was this? Um, about a month ago. Okay. Are you working at all, Renee? Two, I am. Yes. What is what your income? I make a fraction, a fraction of That's what all right. he was making. So, 70, 70. 70K. That's, That's great. a great income. Okay. What's he doing right now? Is he currently looking for work? Yes. Okay. What was he doing? Yes. He was in the automobile industry. Okay. 
I have a question. Uh, I have a question about these properties. So you mentioned three properties, one paid off, two with mortgages. The one that's paid off, is that your primary residence or is that? It is not. It is not. It's just a vacation home. Okay. So that's the vacation home. So that, that means the other two with mortgages, one of those is your primary residence? Correct. Okay. Yes. Can you tell me the numbers on that? Like what the mortgage sure. is worth and what you owe? Sure. So um, let me actually pull that up because I, I, I've since had, you know, we've had some serious conversations. Yeah. What so, I'm getting um, at is is getting rid of at least one of these mortgages, uh, yeah. not the primary residence one and clearing up some money there. And George mentioned yeah. the stocks and bonds. If they're non if they're non retirement related, definitely wanting to liquidate those. Okay. So that's what we're that's what we're okay. getting at. So, yeah, so the one uh, that we currently live in um, probably has about 235k on it, worth about maybe 350. Okay. Um, the other one with a mortgage is actually in another state, uh-huh. and it has a much higher, um, you know, it, it probably has about 200 in equity, 200k uh-huh. in equity, um, but the mortgage is about 550. Yeah, I... If I and this is what I would do if I were in your shoes, if I woke up in your shoes today, I would get rid of that third property that's got the 200k in equity. Okay. And I would take that money and I would use it to start paying off this what I'd for sure knock out the student loan because that's it's just the student loan and the wedding debt, correct? That's your only debt. Correct. Yes. I would knock out that student loan. I'd keep a thousand aside for any savings in case you don't have baby step one. And then whatever's left, I throw it towards the wedding. And then if there's any debt left, I'd start liquidating some of those stocks. Okay. Now, um, okay. Thank you for that. I, I guess prior because of the location of the, um, the, the third property, we've been probably bringing in about 200K, uh, 200K, um, my apologies, 2K in rental uh-huh. uh, income. Um, that's per month. The one that's out of state? Correct. Yeah, well, just because it's in a yeah, it's it's in a, a good location. Uh, the one that's got the two hundred k, um, two hundred k. Is that your net equity? profit? Uh, or is that maybe because you, you still got to pay the mortgage on that? Correct. That's my net profit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's not, that's good. It's good that you're making a profit on it. My concern is that it's out of state, and then my bigger concern is that you've got. I mean, you called us in tears. Because Correct. of this debt. So at that point, you know, you're really weighing the opportunity cost between the two. Do you want to get out of debt? How quickly can we get out of debt? Uh, the other thing that I'm hearing in this call is, and George, correct me if I'm wrong, but it kind of feels like we can give you um, our take on this and we can say, hey, this is what we think you need to do. But your husband being on on page with this is is the other part. Do you think that if, if he comes home tonight or if you guys have this conversation and say, hey, I was talking with some experts, here is the plan that they have advised us to follow. What do you think his response is going to be? Well, he'll be happy because it's my property. Oh. <laughs> so he's like, well, that's your business. Don't try to sell exactly. one of mine. Exactly. But that worries me because you're married now. It's we. It's our properties. Okay. And so I want right. him thinking that way. And if he's not, we have a deeper issue here. But as far as liquidating the stocks and bonds, there is going to be tax implications on the gain. So you want to work with a tax pro on that to make sure that you're going to be able to cover this and understand what's going on there. But as far as this property goes, I don't want to be a long distance landlord. I mean, this is a lot of work for 20K. I agree. 
And so if this this cleans up all of your consumer debt and gives you a pile of money at the end of that, and, which is your fully funded emergency fund. So this one property puts you in a completely different place financially if you sell it. Absolutely. And I'm, I wanted to ask just because, you know, I'm always thinking about the baby steps. Do you have any other money saved, like just laying around saved up for a rainy day, three to six months, yes. anything like that? Yes. Okay. Yes, I do about 45K. So here, think about it like this, Renee. If you If you follow the advice that we've given you, you're still going to mm-hmm. be millionaires. You've got this <laughs> vacation home that's worth seven hundred. You've got your primary real estate that's worth three fifty. Just right there alone, your net worth millionaires. All right. And then you know, I don't think that I don't know how much is in the stocks and, and bonds that you have. You may not have to liquidate all of that, but it's do you see what I'm saying? About three hundred and ninety. Oh come on now. So this is great. If I'm in your shoes, I am selling that third property and cashing out the stocks and bonds, making sure I can pay the taxes on that. And that's going to put you guys in a completely different place because you can pay off the other mortgage. Now you have zero payments in the world and everything is cash flowing with a 100% profit going to you. Yeah. With very little stress in your life as newlyweds. I know. That's right. Suddenly you're, you're wiping those tears and you're rejoicing because you're suddenly ahead of 90% of the people out here. Do you see that? Yes. Yes. Now we need him to see it. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, send him this call. (laughs) I'm going to. I I sent him the link and I said, hey, honey, I'm going to be on the Dave Ramsey show. So listen to this, please. (laughs) So hopefully he did. But I do like the solution. I'll be honest. I've been afraid to let go of that because because it is mine. It's the only property that I actually own. And Mm -hmm. it's been a cash cow for me for a long time. But you're right. When you put it in perspective and say only 20 grand a year, like forget it. You You make over triple that. And you can always get another property. That's the thing. The way we're setting you up, you'll be able to, if if you want to purchase more real estate, you'll be able to do it. You'll be able to cash flow it. And it's going to be a blessing, not a burden. And he's going to be back to work in no time, making great money. But right now, this is a great moment for you guys to reset clean slate. This is we now. How are we going to set ourselves up financially for a successful marriage, for successful wealth building for the future? And this is a way to do it. And it's a good problem to have when you have all this money sitting around in different pockets. Put it to good use and make yourself free. More of your calls coming up. 888-825-5225. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey folks, Dave Ramsey here. There are moments in life we don't want to forget, like your kid's graduation or the once-in-a-lifetime trip. For the big moments, the everyday moments, and everything in between, every dollar is there to help you budget for all of it. It's the simple budgeting app that helps you plan, save, and spend for the important things. Budget for the life you really want, every moment of it. Download the app or check the link in the show notes to create your free account today, every dollar. Open phones at 888-825-5225. This is The Ramsey Show. Our question of the day is coming up here, and it is from Brittany in Kentucky. What does Brittany have to say, Jade? 
Brittany in Kentucky says this, I'm currently on baby step two, but I'm having a hard time reconciling the debt snowball on credit cards that can be paid off over time without interest accruing as long as I pay them off before the end of the interest-free promo. But I was hoping to use the avalanche on my loans, not my credit cards. In my mind, I'd rather pay extra money on the interest-heavy loans and diligently pay off my credit cards, thus taking advantage of the interest-free promos. Side note, I've cut up all my credit cards and I'm sticking to my zero budget diligently. Could you help me understand the best course of action? Hmm. It sounds like Brittany wants to do her own course of action personally. Well, yeah, she's she's working her own plan. So what she's talking about here is the avalanche method of paying off debt, which says pay the highest interest debts first and make your way down regardless of the balance. The debt snowball method, which is the one that we've taught here for 30 years now, yep. is pay off the smallest balance first regardless of the interest rate. That's right. Which you know makes you scratch your brain when you go, well, it's 0% interest. Why would I even pay that off? You know, from my experience, and I believe the experience of the millions of people who have worked the baby steps and used, you know, the debt snowball as their method, we've learned that, you know, when it comes to money, Dave says it all the time, it's 80% 80 behavior, 20% head knowledge, right? Mm. And so there's something that builds up in our behavior when we're working the debt snowball. For me, it was about getting those quick wins, right, George? When you put them from smallest to largest, you're able to knock out those small debts quick and you feel like, oh my gosh, I can do this. You start to believe that you can actually pay off your debt. And, you know, we, we've said that personal finance is 80% behavior, 20% head knowledge. And the people who are making these arguments, they're focusing on the head knowledge. Mm -hmm. But I'm always going, if this isn't a life hack to try to take advantage of the 0%. You got yourself in a pile of debt. And so if you were so astute and disciplined to pay off the highest interest rate first, you wouldn't have gotten into debt in the first place. That's right, George. So there's a whole nother mentality here going like, I'm going to hack the system that I trap myself in. Yeah. And so we found, and it's not just a Dave thing. It's not just Dave Ramsey says, and yeah, millions of people have done it. If that's not enough for you, there are new studies from Harvard Business Review, from Texas A&M, saying the debt snowball method works better. That's right. If Harvard says it, I'm biting. And uh, here's the direct quote. Snowballing your debts is from Chicago Tribune. Paying the smallest to largest, regardless of finance charges, might not make sense mathematically, but it just might work better according to their new academic study. Mm. And so Boom. this isn't anecdotal because we meet these people. I, I, don't, I haven't met someone who's like, I am an avalanche debt-free screamer. I just don't meet them. I don't meet them either. And I think it's because it's harder to gain traction. And so you stay in the process longer and yes, on paper, you would pay less interest if you could do the avalanche yeah. method with discipline. But the truth is we are human beings yeah. and we need that progress. We are wired to feel that progress. We need to feel the win. And it's it's tough because when we think about money, our mind goes directly to the numbers. It goes to the math. But in a lot of cases, money is not mostly about the math. It's mostly about your mindset and you feeling like you're winning and you feeling like you can succeed. And definitely the debt snowball sets you up for that. Yeah, staring at a giant pile of debt that has the high interest rate and going, Ugh. all right, I got to tackle this one first. It's like me starting running by going, all right, I'm going to run a marathon and then work my way backwards to the 5K. Oh, gosh. That doesn't make sense. So why do we do that with our money? End quote. That's it. Well, hey, quote. thank you for the question, Brittany. Uh, I encourage you to use the debt snowball method and come here and do your debt-free scream and share your story because it works every time you work it. It does. That's all I got to say about that. All right, let's go to Stacy in Sacramento. She is waiting there. Stacy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for taking my question. Absolutely. How's it going? 
Well, they're good. I'm sort of at a crossroad and just hopefully need some guidance and support here. Um, I'm married, live in California, as you mentioned, Sacramento area. Um, we have no kids. We're in our early and mid 40s. Um, we make about $230,000 uh, combined gross income. We don't have any debt except for our homes. And I say homes because we just recently purchased a home in this worst time of the year. <laughs> um, at any rate, I used about $235,000. Oh, did I mention? I'm sorry. I'm also at baby step four of seven. Great. Um, I used about $235,000 of my personal savings um, that I had put down on the new house that I will get back once we sell our old house because it's currently on the market. Okay. Um, and so once I get, you know, once we net out the 235000 back to me from the old house, we should have about a $250,000 profit left over. Okay. So, um, you know, with having two mortgages and two, you know, utilities, we've been stretching ourselves pretty thin this last couple months. I bet. So, yeah, it's been tough. And especially in California when everything feels like it's tripled. I'm sure it has everywhere else. But Is it looking good for the, that home sale? I mean, how long has it been on the market? Uh, a, a month and a half. Okay. It's been on the market for a month and a half. So it's looking, we don't have an offer yet. So, um, but it's killing us because we've got a higher interest rate on this new home, on this 30-year fixed loan, 30-year um, fixed home loan. And um, we just really want to pay off the new home loan ASAP. So I guess where I'm sort of questioning is how we, once we do sell the old home and mm-hmm. we get $250,000 profit, I'm curious to know if you recommend whether or not we apply that to the current loan, the current new home loan, and then roll the dice with Fannie Mae to recast the loan, or should we just wait to apply that $250,000 profit to uh, a refinance, maybe in 18 to 24 months when the interest rate gets lower than 6.5%, which is what we got. Well, if you were going to refinance, I would want you to refinance to a 15-year. Right. Would that payment be too much for you guys? It would be more than 25% of your take-home pay? It'd probably be closer to 30 or 40 maybe, but... What if you use uh, the 250 to pay down the mortgage and then later down the line, you could refinance to the 15-year if you wanted to and it made sense financially? I like that idea, George. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, that might be a possibility. You I also could just kind of pay the 30 like a 15 and yeah. pay like a 10, pay like a 7. Well, I mean, you could re- how quickly could you do this? You're kind of re- re-engineering the whole idea because ideally they would have sold the old house first gotten their 250 and then purchased the new house and my guess is that if you had gotten the money in that order you would have put a lot more of that money to this new house so i kind of like george's idea of taking that money putting it to the house when you sell it and then you know when the time is right to refinance you're in you're just in a better situation what's your current mortgage what's left on the loan What's on the old house or the, on the new, new one, one? The thirty-year fixed. On the new one, it's forty-one fifty a month. What's the total loan? Five hundred forty-five thousand. Okay, so if you applied the two fifty, that would take you down to about three hundred left. Correct. Mm-hmm. And then you guys are making two thirty. How quickly could you pay off three hundred thousand making two thirty with no debt? That's that's a good point. <laughs> a few years, right? Yeah, I think when we netted out the amortization schedule, something like eight and a half years or so. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess 
If you want to get inspired, Stacy, go to our website, RamseySolutions.com, and use our early payoff calculator under the tool section and start to play around with the numbers. And you, once you start to see that, you can't unsee it. I know, that's When right. you're like, oh, we put 4000 a month towards that extra on top of them. Well, we could be debt. We could be, before we turn 50, <laughs> completely debt-free and Baby Steps Millionaires with a paid-for house in California. Do you know how crazy and weird that would be? Ooh-wee, I like the sound of that. <laughs> and then guess what? We can retire early. Instead of having to work until we're 65, what if we could retire at 55? What would we do? Where would we go? What could we buy? How much could we give? That's where life starts to get exciting. What do you think, Stacy? That makes a lot of sense. It's just, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think you, should, I, I mean, I think you make- need to go for it. I think you need to uh, take George's advice here and uh, start dreaming a little. Get rid of that. You know, take that money, throw it to the house. Man, here's the good news, Stacy. If you regret it, you can always go get another mortgage. The banks are happy to give you more debt. But I have a strong feeling that when you have no payments in the world, you're going to be on cloud nine going, "Uh, I'm good. I'm glad with the decision we made. So we're cheering you on. You guys are in a great spot. Uh, We're rooting for you to become completely debt free. This is The Ramsey Show. This is The Ramsey Show. While most of you are probably glad to rid of 2022, it was just hard enough to keep gas in the car, food in the fridge, and money may still be tight for so many of you out there. And you're wondering, is this year going to be any different? Is it going to be more struggle, more anxiety? Well, good news for you. You do not have to live through another year of stress and worry. And that's why we want you to tune in to our free live stream called Building Wealth in 2023 happening this week, this Thursday night, because we want to show you that you can still make progress on your goals. You can build wealth. You can have peace with money, even in this crazy economy. During this event, you'll hear from myself, Rachel Cruz, Dave Ramsey, John Deloney, Ken Coleman. And we're going to talk about how to set goals, how to create margins so that you can build wealth this year. We're going to have some fun as well, some fun surprises planned, and you are going to leave fired up for 2023. And this is a great event to share with your friends because let me remind you, it is free and you can live stream it from anywhere in the world. So guys, even if the economy feels out of control this year, you don't have to feel out of control. Register for the free live stream at RamseySolutions.com slash wealth. That's RamseySolutions.com slash wealth. Open phones at 888-825-5225. Jet joins us in Lubbock, Texas. Jet, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. How are you? Man, big, big fan. So um, very honored to be on the show. Oh, we appreciate that. We are honored to have you. How can we help today? Yeah, so I've, I've been, gosh, hard time doing, or I've done all the steps pretty much, except for number six. Um, recently new married. Um, so I've been married for about five months. I'm 24. She's 21. She's got another semester of college left. We're fully paying that with cash. Awesome. Uh, and we're looking good. to move. We're feeling very led to kind of get out of love. We've been there our whole lives and the Lord's pushing us to move. And my question for y'all in this time, is it better to, when you do move, if we're starting a family in a new city, would you start looking for a house and really build a family in a house and put all your money into that? 
or is it time to rent and stay there for a year or two and then try to buy a house? Yeah, you know, you're newly married. You're going to a new city. If it's me, I'm going to rent for a little while. I'm going to rent. I'm going to get to know the area, you know, find out if this is really, you know, do we like this area? You might get there and after six months be like, oh, man, that other side of town, that's really the place to be, you know. And I, I definitely think that that's the wiser choice because once you once you buy, you know, you're locked in and it's expensive to move. It's expensive to sell. So renting in, in this case, I think, George, would be. That's the choice I'd make. Absolutely. And it turns out babies, they don't need a lot of space and they don't know the difference between a rental and, and a home. And they so sure that's don't. the good news while they're young. And so I love that you're thinking that far <laughs> ahead going, hey, we want to start a family. We want, I want you to be a homeowner, but I'm, I'm with Jade on this. I'm going to rent somewhere, sign a six-month lease, a 12-month lease. You can always renew. And the key here is what are we doing to get ourselves in a position to get a home the right way where it is, it's not a it's not a stressor, it's a blesser. That's right. And and George is right. Jet, you guys have been very smart. You're in baby step six. I mean, this is excellent. You should have plenty of money to start saving up for a great down payment. You've got time. You're not in a rush. And if that's the one thing that you you leave coming off of this call is, hey, there's no rush. The you next goal is how yeah. much of a down payment can we save? Mm-hmm. And here's what that does, by the way. When you take your time and you have the patience and you build up this big down payment and you can put 20% or more down and your mortgage is now less than a quarter of your take-home pay, yes. here's what that does. When your wife wants to stay home one day with the baby, it's not even a conversation. You just go, okay, cool. We just got to adjust the budget. Right. Nothing much is going right. to change. We can cover it. But when you are up to your eyeballs with a mortgage for a house you barely can afford on that 30-year and one person says, I want to stay home. You guys go, you can't breathe at that point. And mm-hmm. so just put yourself in a position where you have that kind of op- those kinds of options. That is my goal for you guys as a newlywed couple. That makes sense. I, I like that. And that's kind of where we are. You know, we've got, I've got great savings. She has great savings. And, you know, we're able to put a very hefty down payment on. But we just are like, ah, I think we should rent um, and see the area. And so y'all are definitely clarifying and affirming my thoughts and our thoughts. I love it. Well, number one, Jet, you're going to have to uh, ignore a lot of the voices that are going to be coming your way from friends and family going, Jet, what are you doing, man? You should be a homeowner. It's such a sin to rent. You're throwing away money out the Mm. window. Those people can shove it because they don't get a say (laughs) when it comes to your money and your life. They're not experiencing the stress that you feel. Uh, And especially as a newlywed couple, you guys are figuring out life. That's right. Add home ownership on top of that as a whole other layer. That is very stressful. I feel like that's been a theme. Home ownership, what to do with the mortgage, how to buy the mortgage, how to save for the mortgage. I feel like that's been a theme this this hour. Well, that American dream of home ownership turns out it's a lot more complicated than we thought. It's more stressful. It's more expensive than we thought. And it's It's something that I want for everyone, but it has a time and a place. That's right. And I think, you know, what you said is true, but you can eliminate some of the stress out of it. You can eliminate some of the fear, some of the remorse out of home buying. If you follow the the, the principles that we teach when it comes to buying a home, you know, that that 15 year fixed mortgage, that is everything. And I know people struggle with that because for some people, Jay, it means the payments higher on the 15 year. Well, you know what? That's because that's what you can afford. But it might it's a mean bigger that number, you have Jay. to get less house. I want the smaller number. Well, you know what? That's the, that's what's wrong with our, our spending culture is we try to get as much as we possibly can and we end up in debt up to our eyeballs. Give me all the small numbers added up and you're still broke. Yeah, man. Just just pull back. Buy what you can afford. The whole goal, right, is for us to be debt-free. Absolutely. We want to get to that quickly.
Good stuff. All right, Charles is up next in Asheville, North Carolina. Charles, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. It's such a great honor to talk to you. You as well. How can we help today? Uh, me and my wife, we're both 73, and uh, we've got some rental home. We've been married eight years. We both got married after the, our spouses died of cancer. Mm. We've been married eight years, but we've been nursing these uh, rental properties. <laughs> you know how that is, one thing after the other. And we just decided, hey, we don't want to do this anymore. It's working us to death. So we... We got rid of one rental property, and we've got the two, two other ones that are for sale, and we've had good, a good looking, you know, a lot of people looking at them. Good. So we're just trying to figure out what to do. We're going to end those two houses are going to be pretty much a wash because we've got capital gains and you know so forth. But uh, we're going to end up with at least a hundred thousand dollars to invest or to uh, you know do something else with. You know, we want to do our tithes and offering and be able to help other people, and that's what we're trying to get to. And so we're trying to figure out what's uh, at this stage of our life. We're both in good health, but uh, we just want to be able to go with, we've got no debt, all our credit cards and everything, and we're doing plastic surgery on them, and so we're Love it. in a good place. <laughs> are all the properties paid off? The, the two rental houses that are for sale now are not paid out. They have mortgage against them. And so that's what we say. Once those two are sold, they'll be, you know, you'll be, be completely debt free. Yeah. Do you have any other money in and retirement? Got, uh, we don't. Um, I bought, we bought this house in Waynesville. This is our retirement home, 960 square feet, and it's paid for. What's it worth? Uh, I own a house in in Burlington, North Carolina, which is my mother's house, she has lifetime rights. And once it's, you know, once she passes and she can't live there anymore, then we'll sell it, and that'll be more additional income coming in later. She's 101. So wow. <laughs> she's holding on. I don't know. Are, are both of you retired? None of, the, none of you are working? Yeah, we're both retired and tired, but we are retired, yeah. <laughs> well, so all of these rental properties, this is your only income. Do you have any mm-hmm. Social Security? Is there any else, anything else coming in? What's your monthly income? Uh, our monthly income from Social Security is $5,300. Okay, and is that is that more than enough for you guys to live once these properties are paid off? Yeah, our, debt, uh, our monthly expenses run about $2,000 a month. Okay. Okay. Well, if you've got $100,000 and you've got no debt, including any of these properties, there are multiple ways you can invest this. Uh, one outside of retirement is just in a brokerage account, in an index fund or a mutual fund. And at a you know an average return, let's say you get eight or let's say 10% on $100,000 for easy round numbers. Well, that's $10,000 a year that you can pull away from that, hopefully without pulling away the principal too much. So that's one option for you, Charles. And I would connect with a SmartVestor Pro because we are down to like, we got to really figure out how to maximize this money. And so I would work with one of our SmartVestor Pros at RamseySolutions.com to make the most of that money so that you guys can have a great retirement with the money you've got. And uh, hopefully these properties can do that for you once they're paid off in cash flow. Thanks so much for the call that puts this hour of The Ramsey Show in the books. My thanks to my co-host, Jade Warshaw, all the guys in the booth, and you, America. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back real soon. Do you love a good Dave rant? Want to see the latest Ramsey Show videos going viral? Check out your favorite moments from The Ramsey Show on YouTube. Go watch and subscribe to The Ramsey Show channel on YouTube.
Hey, it's James, producer of The Ramsey Show. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services you heard about during this episode. Thanks for listening.